Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading to you from the internet. Why? Well, why not? What are we reading today? Well, today we're going to be reading from the Something Awful Forums, Stories of Stupid Inefficiency. Basically a thread uh, about people complaining about their jobs and how wasteful people are, time-wasting, materials-wasting, any kind of inefficiency that drives people crazy. Crazy enough to post, that is. The original poster is Satone, and he writes, I work for a large organization that makes everyone get their own ID cards. Mine is about three years old, and I need a new one. So I go over to the place where we get new cards made. I talk to the receptionist for a minute, and she tells me that they don't do walk-ins anymore, and that I need to make an appointment. So I ask her if I can make an appointment right there. She says no. I have to call their phone number. I just look at her. She gives me the phone number, and I walk around the corner to dial it in. Sure enough, I hear the phone ring on her desk. Look over and see her on the phone with myself. Stupid bitch. Coldfire replies, Similar story happened to me with Domino's Pizza. Some friends and I walk in and we try to order a pizza. They tell us only phone orders are allowed. Then we walk back to our car, which is parked directly in front of the door, and phone in an order. We ask them to deliver to the car, and they had no problems with this. Johnny Sack adds, I've had the same thing happen. For me, I wanted to order a pizza after a night of drinking. Well, the local pizza place only accepted phone orders, and the doors were closed. Only deliveries. So we got the number, called it from right outside the door, and had them deliver it next door where we were standing and waiting. The Codfather writes, I saw the Navy throw away like 30 pallets of soda, just because it would expire in the next three months, and they wouldn't be able to use it before then. They absolutely could not refuse to give it away, slash let people take it. I offered to hang a net over the side of the ship, but they said no. So I watched as they opened each 12-pack, folded the cardboard, opened the can, dumped the soda over the side, counted the can, and threw it in the trash. The cans were later bagged in plastic and thrown in the dumpster. Not recycled. Probably around $400 of aluminum. But the cardboard was just tossed over the side, which they could have done with the cans too. The whole process took about 10 people and occupied roughly 3 days of work. Stealth Stealth writes, I have held one office job in my life, which was working as an AV tech at a university branch. It was a temporary job while the normal employee took six months off. I knew people and knew the work well. Generally, I waited until something broke, then went and fixed it. Otherwise, I sat in my office and read web comics. Great job. The entire tech support office was a total five people tucked away in one corner of the basement, all of us together. My boss's office was five steps away from mine. One day I come in from doing something or other and find an angry note on my desk as to why I haven't answered his emails. He had been sending emails to the wrong address for a week and a half. Emails regarding at that, the purchase order for an item with a shipping cost of a total of $1.52. Instead of walking into my office and going, Hey, can you order this? Oh, that Dan adds, I worked at a major record label last year where this kind of stuff happens all the time. Field reps and A&R people would always request stuff to be mailed overnight or second day air, mostly across country, which UPS charges an arm and a leg for. The worst was when the company told us that they were cutting back on spending and asked for any suggestions from the employees. So what did they do with these suggestions? They printed them in full color, binded, nicely papered books, and mailed them to every one of their employees. This could have all been emailed or given in a PowerPoint, and most of the employees threw that stuff away regardless. Good job, idiots, and thanks for the layoffs later that year. Another poster adds, Daily, my previous boss would email me documents to print and fax back to him. 
His fax machine and his printer were the same machine, but he believed the fax function was faster than the print function. Also, he'd IM me to tell me to call him. Then, when I'd call, he'd tell me to check my email so we could verbally review the instructions he'd emailed me. I am not exaggerating. GreenCard78 writes, At my work, Giant Food, it used to be that anything and everything could be returned without a receipt, and you would get a refund, any amount. You could have eaten nine-tenths of a product and returned it without a receipt and get a full refund. And now the policy is over $20 you get a store credit. It's called the customer no-hassle policy. Because, I mean, why should a customer have to get hassled when they deserve a refund, no matter what? Pick something off the shelf and return it without buying it. Free money. G-Boat writes, I work at Stop and Shop, and we do this too. Which makes sense, I guess, because they're sister companies or something. Also, rather than check the price on whatever item the customer is returning, we're just instructed to ask the customer what they paid for it, and then we give them a refund for that. Oh, you bought that can of corn for $6.99? Here's your 700% refund. It's completely ridiculous. Public Blast adds, I once worked at an anonymous huge financial megacorp in the check processing division. That is, Mrs. Smith in Bumfuck, Texas, would walk to her local branch and deposit a check. That check would then get sent to us by DHL or UPS, and we would process it at the central location. Fine. Our Megacorp campus had a bank branch on site, and they would send their checks to our division by UPS. That's right. Instead of having an employee take a 10-minute walk to drop off our checks, they would send it by overnight courier. You could see the bank branch from our window. Naon adds, I work for an architectural and design firm. We print and file every single email that our firm sends and receives. For example, if a consultant sends us an email that reads, are you free on Friday to stop by and discuss the X on Project Y? It must be printed and filed. If the person who receives this email replies with, sure, see you then, it must be printed and filed. We're required to hold all legal documentation of a project, drawings, manuals, as-builds, contracts, etc., for a certain number of years, 10, I believe, so we ship all of our files to an archival storage facility after the project has been closed out, including all those emails reading, thanks, left you a voicemail, and see you Tuesday. We pay per month to store these files in boxes. After 10 years, do we have these files destroyed? No, we do not, because sometime in the distant future, we might need them. Oh my God, what if we're sued? I had to go out to the archive facility about a year ago and try to figure out what was in some of the boxes, and was opening boxes containing original hand-drafted plans from the 60s. We've been paying a fee every month since 1967 to store a tube of drawings for a building that has been remodeled probably six times since those plans were drafted, even if it's still standing, that is. And no, we're not talking about high-design architecture, where the plans might be worth something someday. These were elevations of a parking garage and overhead layouts of an emergency room, showing casework and flooring insulation. So yeah. Edited to add, oh yeah, we had a meeting two days ago about wasting paper and toner on needless printing. And finally, Aleman writes, I worked for the State Board of Tourism for a few months. My job was updating their database of travel properties. So I'd research, say, a hotel and find out how many rooms they have what amenities they offer, and the other features they'd like listed. I'd then add that to the database so tourists could browse it. Occasionally, this info would come from me calling a company, but for a lot of them, I'd just take the information off their website, which was free, whereas calling costs money. One day, I got assigned to handle the casinos. Go to casino webpages, take the information, update the database. Except, of course, that the state blocked employees from browsing casino sites for fear that we'd gamble at work. For three days, I did nothing except wait for IT to unblock the casinos from my computer. They never got around to it. I got reassigned before it happened. So, because of the software designed to prevent me from loafing on the job, I in fact loafed for three solid days. 
There's an inspiring tale if ever I heard one. All right, well, that's it for me. I hope you enjoyed hearing these tales of inefficiency. Once again, these are not my words or opinions. I love my job. Please don't fire me. Thanks for listening to Lou Reed's The Internet for you. I hope you've enjoyed yourself today, and please download my other thingies.